2: Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Toyo Open Country AT3. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
6: Game five between the Celtics and Raptors coming up in two and a half hours. And then the nightcap tonight, Clippers and Nuggets. That's game three of that Western Conference semifinal series. Of course, the Lakers even things up last night with a 117-109 victory over the Rockets in their Western Conference semifinal series. LeBron leads uh, the Lakers actually Anthony Davis led them in scoring but LeBron almost a triple-double 28 points 11 rebounds and nine assists Anthony Davis had 34 points uh, to pace LA as for Houston James Harden had 27 Eric Gordon had 24 and Russell Westbrook in 33 minutes last night George went 4-15 of For 10 points. Did have 13 rebounds and 4 assists. But in addition to that 4 of 15 from the floor. Was 1 of 7 from behind the arc. Made just 1 of 3 free throws. And committed 7 turnovers. Ouch. That was a, oh, not it. a good night for Russell Westbrook of the Houston Rockets.
7: Uh, it, it wasn't. But it's become kind of typical though, right? Like it, I, I'm a person. First of all. Let me preface this by saying. I am a Russell Westbrook supporter. Like I'm the guy who has defended Russell Westbrook for years. However, right now he's playing out of control. He has been bad in this series. He has been uh reckless. He's throwing the ball away. He's moving at a different pace than everybody else. And it's clear that he is more wrapped up in a personal duel. It seems like than actually playing the game at a reasonable pace and also he's showing a little bit of a lack of self-awareness at this point too which is which is kind of troubling um I think we have the audio from after the game he when the reporters when they asked him specifically about you know him moving too fast and all of that and here's what he had to say
0: Ross, Mike was just saying how, how great of a player you are, and he knows you'll snap out of this
5: offensively. What do you do on the court? Snap out of what? Hard? What's that, sorry? Snap out of what? What do you, what do, you do offensively during this series to try, try to get yourself going? I'm confused. You said snap out of snap out of what? Uh, struggling to shoot the ball. And well, Yes, today? Yeah. Oh, man, that happens. It's okay. I'm going to come back next time. I'll be ready to go. Sony, series, Sony, it's only serious only
7: it's one one and like I played six games in this series it's one one um hmm. y- yeah that's where I said the lack of self-awareness because I'm looking at his line from game one granted the 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 line from game two was just putrid 10 points four for 15 one of seven from the three-point line and they're leaving him wide open like self-check for 13 rebounds are good but then he had seven turnovers and he only had four assists. Now go back to game one. Tw- um, 10 for 24. One of five from the three-point line. So he's two of 12. Um, Nine rebounds, six assists, f- another five turnovers. But 24 points on 24 shots. And this dude is acting like he shot well because he said, oh, what do you mean? This this game, did you not watch the previous game? Did you not watch tape? You shot poorly in both games. That you know,
6: it's it to me it's it's not even the makes, George, it's the attempts of when he came back from that quad injury to returning game 5 of their series with Oklahoma City, he uh, ended up playing 24 minutes in that first game. Shot a couple of threes, missed them both. Was just three of thirteen. You could say, okay, maybe he's just trying to get his footing. We could, we can, we can let that slide. Then you go to Game Six and actually played an okay Game Six, but turned the ball over way too much. It had the had the bad pass in the closing seconds. It was one of his seven turnovers. But again, only just two three-point attempts. And then that Game Seven win that they when they beat Oklahoma City again, just two three-point attempts. Why he's got twelve in the first two games against the Lakers? The, I I I don't get it. I I, I don't understand. It's it's a, when Russell Westbrook takes those threes. It's the same reaction as when Giannis Antetokounmpo takes threes of like, w- what are you doing? Yeah, you may hit one or two, <laughs> but but when you're talking about what is going to do damage to the rest of you know, or to that other team and what is going to help your team, it's not Russ taking threes. And you know, I'm right there with you. And in and, and I know he's got extreme confidence and isn't going to. You, you you don't want he doesn't want to uh, rattle his game but i also don't think he wants to rattle his brand and right now i think that there's a good argument and, and i've and and to even make it a little bit of a broader picture george you and i have gone back and forth and and, and you're giving james harden credit uh recently which is crazy to think cuz it seemed to be one of the most difficult things to do but to to bring westbrook into this into this equation we hear the rockets get ripped on all the time for uh, small ball. Even Mike D'Antoni brought up the fact of when he was, he was asked about it and said, you know, nobody talks about the Miami Heat playing small, and they've got a player, you know, like one player taller than, than, than we have in our starting lineup by an inch. But and- it's
7: Bam out of bio. Oh, he, it, yeah. he's a monster. He sure. grabs all the rebounds.
6: But the but the point the point is this is now we sit there and we look at Russell Westbrook, and I think that there's a correlation that we could say if Russell Westbrook isn't Russell Westbrook, the Rockets have a chance to be up 2-0 in this series. And by, by saying that Russell Westbrook isn't Russell Westbrook, I am meaning the bad Russell Westbrook. You know, and so so when you look at what Russell Westbrook has done. And it hasn't been good and it wasn't good last night. He severely hampered his team and hindered Whoa. his team who had a chance of winning game two after trailing by twenty in the first half. And that's that's to me what's gotta be frustrating from Rockets fans because I don't think that the I, I I think that the Rockets get such a bad rap because people don't like Harden's game, or they don't like his attitude. They don't like the the moves that he does. They don't like Mike D'Antoni being different and maybe eschewing defense. Yet, defensively in these playoffs, they've been pretty good. They've been uh, stingy yeah, they were the number one
7: defensive team in the playoffs so so far.
6: Yeah, yeah, and so here's. So this is like the, like a whole thing of like, you know, I kind of I like I, I totally agree with you on the, the Westbrook thing. There's no reason we should be shooting, you know, seven threes in a game, especially when he's two of 12 now in this in, in Here, this series. And, Dan, and but it's in not the regular
7: the, season in the regular season. Right. The The Rockets shoot a ton of three pointers. They're trying to shoot 50 a game. He only shot 25.8% from the three-point line. If you're shooting 30% from the free-throw line, I mean from the three-point line, and in the playoffs, he's shooting 16.7%, and that's why he's wide open on him. And the fact that uh, in game one, when he hit that one three-pointer at the end of the game, and to kind of put the game away, he acted like he just does this, like... Uh, like it was absurd they left him open no they're going to leave you what they're going to continue to leave you wide open you could take they would allow russell westbrook to take 30 wide Absolute, open three absolutely. pointers per game and it is just i i can't understand here here's the part if, if you can answer this for me dan is how does russell westbrook And Mike Dan, well, sorry. How does Mike Dantoni, who wants good three point shooters, who's got a lot of them, how does he not have the conversation with, with Russell Westbrook? Because he's a great player now. Oh, overall but he he can't go up to him and say look dude you got to cool out on all these threes because you're not making them you are not a good three-point shooter historically over your career like let's just keep it one 100 and truthfully overall in the playoffs you're only shooting 39 percent. you gotta he's taking more shots both games than than uh james harden i i don't disagree with any of
6: that and i wouldn't be surprised if mike D'Antoni does have that conversation between yesterday and tomorrow to be like hey this is what we need to do and Russ can put up his his front and he can deny but it it obviously has an effect but I just look at I look at this big picture because this is a team this is an organization that for some reason everybody just hates and now Russell Westbrook who is the reason why a main main reason why they did not get game two last night to me that tells me a bigger picture of the Rockets of like you know what maybe the Rockets aren't that bad maybe you people are the ones who are wrong and ripping on what they're doing because they seem to lock it up in the postseason and right now maybe an only crazy Russell Westbrook is the reason why the Houston Rockets aren't up 2-0 in the series There's not. I don't disagree with you on anything that you said about Russell Westbrook but I just don't think people can have it both ways and ripping on Russell Westbrook and then also saying well see that's just the Rockets. They're never going to win that way. Oh, they whoa. almost won that way if he didn't shoot
7: four of 15 from the floor last night. Almost, almost only counts, Dan, in horseshoes and hand grenades. Um, and, um the 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 Rockets almost beat the Warriors if they didn't go 2-0 for 27. They almost the- did it. It's if Chris style Paul doesn't play- pull his hamstring uh, but, if, if, but in Game Five if, when they're up three-two in the f- series, if if was a fifth, we'd all be drunk. If 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 pans were pots and pans, the whole world would be a kitchen, Dan. I I can't I just can't buy into the theory of if Chris Paul wasn't hurt. We don't know what happens if Chris Paul is not hurt. It changes the whole dynamic of the game. What 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 if uh Curry if he got super hot? If uh if Klay Thompson had another 37-point quarter, we don't know, and these are two good teams, and the Rockets consistently have something go wrong because this style of play, albeit extremely effective, extremely effective, this goes into analytics. The, the same thing happens in baseball, where analytics sometimes have to be exchanged for analytics, let the let the humans decide. Because if if you were looking at the Rockets over the course of you know 162 games or an 82 game season like you have in the NBA, then yes, the numbers average out and it makes sense. But when you put them in a small sample size of a potential seven game series, best best to win four, then those numbers don't always add, they don't always add up and work out the same way they do over 82 games. Well, Look
6: at look at college football. Look at look at the sport that you played, that the school you played specifically at the school you played. We'll get to that, but you know, late '90s, early 2000s, we see Oklahoma win a national championship with the air raid offense. Then we start to see the the spread because it was such a, a a hot term in that time. But so many different teams trying to run versions of a spread offense, and we saw what happened in Oregon under Chip Kelly and the way that the the hurry up offense and the way that the the Ducks ran the ball. The point is, is you're You're trying to keep teams off, uh, you know, off base. You're trying to keep them off center. And that's what I think that the Rockets do. The Rockets can't man up, uh, you know, man-to-man wise with uh, other teams in the NBA like the Lakers. It's because of how they they
7: constructed the roster. But but no – Nobody's going to get,
6: uh, you know, someone to match up with LeBron and Anthony Davis. So why not try to do something different that nobody else is trying to do? And that's just and it because works. it's different doesn't mean it's wrong.
7: No, no, like, no. It, it works on some level, right? And you brought up my my Oregon Ducks. I'm glad that you did because this is a perfect example. So Oregon could, uh, when when Chip Kelly was there, they were able to hang and pretty much beat everybody. Like, and then when they got to the national championship game. They against Alabama, I'm sorry, against against Auburn, which they lost by three points. They couldn't block Nick Fairley at all. And then against uh Ohio State, they got blown off the ball up front and Ezekiel Elliott ran ran all over the place. The the the, the point is that you can do that's that's Houston Rockets basketball the way the Ducks used to play. And the truth about football is you can score as many points as you wanted to be as high flying and all that stuff, which we see with these amazing offenses sometimes. But then at the end of the day, sometimes you have to line up and just run somebody over for a yard or two or just run somebody over in in football. And it's the same thing in basketball. You can shoot all these threes, do all this stuff, but at some points in the game, the game is going to get slow, and you have to be able to get stops, which the Rockets couldn't do in the past, and you have to just go get buckets. That's why James Harden, that's why I have always been so critical of James Harden, because he tried, tries to draw these cheap fouls and then and then when you see him in the end of games or close out games when these fouls don't get called he's falling all over the place uh throwing up bricks because he's trying to get cheap stuff instead of make buckets this style of play does not work for championships it'll get you in the playoffs every year it'll get everybody excited it'll get your fans you'll you'll because you'll, you have this style of play you guys are different but at the end of the day Dan if you do if you can't line up and man up in in basketball or football and if you're playing women's basketball line up and woman up you can't not win championships it's not possible
6: Oregon doesn't get into those games if they're running just the same old stuff that everybody's doing. And the, now they
7: do. You see what your boy Cristobal is out there doing is that they are they're still trying to be a very explosive offense. But at the end of the day, that's why you yeah. they have dudes like Sul now, so they can line up and run you over. Now they do because
6: everybody else is doing the spread or trying to to, to spread people out. That that's you know there's. But in the in the time of today is different from what it was ten or fifteen years ago. When teams are trying to get an edge, the Rockets find do now, a, the Rockets find do me a champion own. who
7: can't run you over. The, find me a champion who cannot just run you over. I'm just saying for
6: certain teams, for certain organizations, this gets them into that arena. The Rockets have the longest playoff streak active now in the NBA once the Spurs were knocked out. Eight straight oh, seasons that's cute. In, in the postseason. That's
7: that, that's really cute with no championship. Well,
6: uh, listen, only one team wins a championship in, in, in every season. And, you know, the Warriors had, what, four out of those eight in that season? I mean, this is so if three, games- or three, excuse me, not four, but three. Just the point being is they're, they're – They're a Russell Westbrook uh, player away of of him playing normal, of being up 2-0 in the series. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. We'll see if which Russell Westbrook shows up, and uh, maybe the Rockets can not have some of this heat that for some reason everybody across the country wants to give them. George is bringing the heat at George Reister. That's where you can find him on Twitter. I'm at Dan Byer on Fox. George, the six-year NFL vet. We also team up on Sundays here on Fox Sports Radio at 5 o'clock Eastern time with Fox Sports Sunday and doing some red zone football uh, coming up with week one of the NFL on the horizon. All right, does Russell Westbrook have to change his ways? And are the Bucks better without Giannis and Tedakumpo? We ask those questions and get those answers next here on Fox
3: Sports Radio. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeart Radio
1: app. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you coming? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has the tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of Kumo tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Kumo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. Be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires at a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com sports, TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
6: he's george reister the six-year nfl vet i'm dan Byers, sitting in for doug today on this labor day hope you are safe and enjoying your labor day holiday the unofficial start to fall but uh crazy to think we've got football coming up on thursday as the chiefs and texans will start the nfl season and crazy to think that we're still in the NBA playoffs, but that's what we get in 2020 and right now here on Fox Sports Radio, we get the great Michael Lee covering the NBA for the athletic. You can find him on Twitter at Mr. Michael Lee. Happy Labor Day, Michael. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thanks for having me. Let's uh, let's dive into uh, what we saw last night and George and I were just talking uh, about it. Can Mike D'Antoni say something to Russell Westbrook to uh to change uh, the way that Russ is played at least in his shot selection in in the first two games of this Lakers series is this something that D'Antoni can correct No I mean this is what you live with when you get
4: Russ you get the good and the bad but you never can question the effort you never can question the heart the hustle and the fact that he's going he's going to go hard I mean and sometimes you're going to get the good like you did in game 1 when he I thought he played really great especially in the fourth quarter and then you're gonna get the bad. Um, you don't want it to be that extreme, but you just want to see him stay aggressive. And that's what you want out of Russell Westbrook. That's why you got him in the first place. You want to have an explosive, you know, guy who can, um, you know, change the tempo and take some of the pressure off of uh, James Harden. And I, that's what he's there for. And he's gonna have some bad games. He's gonna have some clunkers. And I think that people are reacting off the game two, but game one, I thought he played a really solid game. You gotta live with the turnovers. You gotta live with some of the. Yelling at the refs and picking up texts—that's just what he does. He's 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 an emotional guy, but if you try to contain that, you know you're gonna wind up losing what makes him special, and you don't want to do that.
7: Well, I okay. When I looked at game game one, I thought his energy was good, which it always it was good. But his shooting is terrible right right now. He was Tim Tim oh, twenty four sure. with with, with twenty four points. So mm-hmm. is there any point because he's shooting sixteen percent from the three point line as well? Is there any point that Mike Dan- that Tony says, hey, bro, like, w- w- Russ, we love what you do. Stop shooting three-pointers.
4: <laughs> well, he shot fewer than he has in the past. I mean, I think that's the one thing that is unique about him in that Houston system is that they require you to not shoot anything in the mid-range. But that's actually where Russ eats. I mean, that's one of the areas where he can be more effective. Um, so I think he's trying to fit in. He's also trying to, you know, do what they do in Houston. And he's trying to figure things out. I mean, he realize he missed a lot of action. Uh, he's, he's getting himself back in the rhythm. He's doing it against one of the best defensive teams, uh, one of the best defensive players uh, in the league. And so I think it's going to be, you know, some up and down. It's going to be up and down right. But I think you got to let Russ be Russ. You know, and you got to hope that the other guys can come through and deliver and have good games. But I don't think the Russ was the problem, And the, I mean, the only problem, the reason why they lost that game. Um, they had a lot of other issues. I mean, obviously you don't want Russ to commit that many turnovers and that many stupid fouls. But the energy, you got to live with it. I mean, that's what you signed up for when you, when you acquire Russell Westbrook. It's going to be wild. It's going to be erratic.
6: But it might be fun, and it might be exhilarating in the end. Michael Lee joining us here on Fox Sports Radio covering the NBA for the Athletic. He's George Reisner. I'm Dan Byer. Michael, I know you probably weren't privy to the start of the show that, that George and I had, but we talked about something that you just tweeted about, and that was uh, Serena Williams advancing today at the U.S. Open and then LeBron James doing what he's doing. And, and we're just talking about how last night LeBron's efforts were just, for some reason, they just hit you smack dab in the face, and for me, it was because you you see a see a guy like Giannis who's going to win back to back MVPs, and then then you watch a few hours later, even though Giannis got hurt. The point being of just the the level that LeBron has had in your years of covering the NBA. What has been the most um, I don't know astonishing thing about LeBron James that that you can remember, or something that just uh, you know still amazes you to this day.
4: Um, I mean, he started in 2003. I mean, that's what the crazy thing is. I mean, that he's been doing this for 17 years and that there hasn't really been any let-up. I mean, the athleticism is still there. He's still, you know, catching the ball at the top of the backboard for some alley-oop dunks. That, that doesn't happen. I mean, he, you remember everyone will always say that, you know, Dominic Wilkins or uh, Vince Carter are the greatest dunkers that you've ever seen, right, especially Vince. Vince wasn't, wasn't you know, catching oops at 30 at 35 i mean at some point he was still like you were like oh can get over the rim still great you know like lebron is still soaring he's still getting all the way up there and to stay relevant for this long i mean you can talk about you know tom brady's had longevity too but he hasn't been the best quarterback in football you know or even in consideration for the last five for five or so years he's won championships but no one's saying he's the best they would say it's you know somebody else um lebron is still in the conversation for the best player in the game um even at 35 and that just doesn't happen in the nba when you think about the amount of mileage that he has so you think that there's going to be a drop off at some point you think he's going to look human at some point but he just looks like he's more bionic as each year goes on it's like he's uh put together through uh through through uh, he's like a machine almost because there there is no letdown I mean he got hurt last year and that was one of the rare times you've ever seen him injured and I guess that's probably the most remarkable thing, is that you see Giannis going back-to-back, but look, he's got an ankle injury that's going to get him hurt. Kevin Durant has won two finals MVPs and roasted LeBron in the finals you know, twice, but now he's out with an Achilles injury that cost him this year, and he also had a foot injury that cost him another year. So even though there have been other guys that have played well and won MVPs while LeBron hasn't, he's still healthy, and he's still soaring above the rim. That's what's remarkable.
7: Uh, why is it, though, that when we look at the MVPs, uh, the last three MVPs, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, and now Giannis probably twice, that it doesn't feel like that That on the, the results haven't really put them as true contenders for a title? And I would say that we have... Uh, greatness fatigue because LeBron has been so great for so long and it almost becomes normalized and we're looking for the next best thing. So how is it that the most recent, the four most recent MVPs aren't true title contenders? Are we judging the, the metrics wrong? Like what is it?
4: No, they are title contenders, but it's a team game and individuals can't win championships. I mean, especially in the last five years, you're talking about this run. Uh, who did James Harden have to run up against, you know, the Golden State Warriors? I mean, and I think one thing that we always talk about is that, you know, you know, right now, you know, AD and LeBron um, James were probably you know, scored pretty high on the MVP conversation this year, but Steph Curry and Kevin Durant were not, had, had, had taken a, it was taken against them, you know, during that whole time. No one considered them as MVP candidates because they played with each other, and that doesn't seem fair to me, but that's how it was, even though we knew how great they were. But if you're focused on building a great team, you're not necessarily focused on being a great individual. And I think that, you know, it is an individual regular season award. The playoffs are much different. Um, and the way that you can defend guys like Harden, Westbrook, and, um, <clears throat> and DeCumpo are different in the postseason than, than in a regular season when you can put up crazy numbers. And I think the numbers and the statistics for this era are off the charts. But team is what's going to win a championship. You saw last year the Toronto Raptors when they beat the Bucks. That was a complete team effort. Obviously, Kawhi played at a high level, but if you didn't have Pascal Siakam and Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka and Marcus Saul and all the other guys stepping up for Van Vliet and playing great basketball, they don't win that series. And you say, why couldn't Kawhi get over the hump? Well, he didn't have the help, but he had to help. Why didn't Giannis get over the hump? Well, Eric Bledsoe's not showing up. Uh, Chris Middleton's not playing consistently. It's not just on him. He can only do so much, and I think that's what's lost is that the MVP is an individual award. The championship finals MVP is a team award.
6: Last one for me is Michael Lee joins us here on Fox Sports Radio covering the NBA for The Athletic. And I think I would say it about the the 10 other times that I've been doing shows that Michael has come on. I think he's disagreed with every point that I've had. So, I'm, <laughs> I'm Michael, I'm, I'm, I'm venturing into dangerous territory, but I have another theory to present to you, and it deals with the Clippers oh who face the nugget, Nuggets tonight. I think that the Clippers only care about the Lakers in the bubble. I don't think they care about any of the other teams, and it's why we see their up-and-down performances. Uh, do you think that theory is correct when it comes to the the inconsistent play that we've seen from the Clips?
4: Totally, I agree with that, and I also agree that LeBron yes! is, is saving okay. his
6: best for the Clippers. I, I think that that's, that's mutual. They've been
4: eyeing each other since the season began, ever since Kawhi said he was going to go with the Clippers instead of joining the Lakers then you knew that these teams are gonna be on a collision course and that that's what you everybody kinda of wants to see happen is those two, you know, behemoths go at each other and, and try to decide some things out west. Um and I think they're they're all they're saving themselves and making sure they don't wear themselves out for that conference finals, which I think is what everyone's anticipating. Now, maybe one of these teams pulls off up an upset, but um I think that it'd be it'd be wrong to assume that they weren't looking ahead to what's coming, what could possibly be on the other side, because it's been building up from the moment um, free agency happened.
6: All right, I'm cashing in my chips. Uh, You know, Michael Lee agreed (laughs) with one of my theories. Get him on Twitter, at Mr. Michael Lee. Read him on The Athletic. Michael, we love having you on. We read you in The Athletic, and we appreciate you taking out time, especially on this uh, Labor Day. We'll talk to you again soon.
7: For sure. Thanks for having me on. Take care. Have a good holiday. Yep. thanks.
6: He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. Do You agree with that Clippers theory, George? Mm,
7: yes, but they really haven't gotten in. I, I, I thought that the Mavs woke them up and then Porzingis was out because I think that that's a series that the Mavs could have won. If Porzingis had been playing the the last two games, I think they would have gotten at least one of them and forced a game seven. And until the Nuggets kind of, you know, awaken that sense of urgency, then then yes, I agree with you, Dan. I don't think that that was terrible.
3: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.
6: I do want to give a plug. I could guarantee we'll be talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Dolphins and their fantasy prospects in the brand-new official Fox Sports Radio fantasy football podcast that launches tomorrow, where you get your podcast, iHeartRadio, uh, iTunes, iTunes. Uh, Wherever you get your podcast, me and Mike Carmen are teaming up for for the Fantasy Football Podcast, and I can guarantee you that the Dolphins are one of the teams that we talk about, and specifically Ryan Fitzpatrick. I Want Your Flex is the name of the podcast, and you can also find that on the Twitter, uh, at that Twitter handle as well. Whoa,
7: whoa, whoa, whoa. What's that, George Reister? How didn't I know about this?
6: Yeah well we we kind of soft launched it we are uh, officially going to be uh you know tomorrow's the uh, the first episode that we have so yeah Mike and I'll be doing it you know, twice a, twice a week, uh, 30, you know, 30 wow. to 45-minute episodes so we can get you in and get you out for everything that you need to know when it comes to fantasy football. Mike and I did the fantasy show on Fox Sports Radio Sunday mornings for a few years. Mike has done it for more than a decade here at Fox. I just joined him for about three or four years, and now we're just taking it to the podcast form. Wow. So, yeah.
7: yeah. Wow. I'm I, Okay. I don't know. Okay, hey. so I'm bothered. I'm bothered. Because we text regularly and I didn't know about this. And, and Mike, and Mike Harmon too, he listens to Fox Sports Radio all day. So he's probably listening <laughs> now. So Mike, I'm upset with you too. Thanks. Thanks. We, I mean, we've texted about books. We've texted about takes while we're on the radio, all of this. And this is, and this is the thanks I get. Well, thanks, partner Dan. Duh, um, hey. and, but ha- however, I, I would, I would, uh, Put you on the uh, on 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 my personal boycott list. However, I need your advice and Mike Harmon's because you guys are spot on sure. on a lot of this stuff. So I will be tu- tuning in, but I will be silently. Protesting in my mind, <laughs> well, but I, but I will be tuning in. All right, all right. To, fair uh, fair here's, enough. Here's, Sorry, we didn't here's let you know the secret. I, I want your flex.
6: I want your flex. Yes, okay. at okay. I want your flex. That's where you can. That's where you can find it. uh You know, okay. George and I. I'm,
7: I'm subscribing now.
6: We we have spoken about uh, golf. You and I in in playing golf, and yesterday was a monumental day for our executive producer Ryan Music to to set the scene here. Uh, Ryan, music, and myself went out last night and played about nine holes. Ryan and I live in the same area, uh, just north of Los Angeles, and we were uh, went out and just played uh, nine holes after the uh, the show yesterday. And uh, Ryan, go ahead and tell uh, tell George what uh, what went down.
5: First official birdie. No, uh, no cheating. No taking an extra drive. No doing a little. Hey, no one's looking. Let me kick this into the fairway to get a better lie no nothing in the water um the only thing was i did benefit greatly off of a drive that hit the tree and took a favorable (laughs) bounce into the fairway but it you know there was nothing nefarious about it just uh just a good luck of the tree there and then from there um made it into my first career real birdie
6: it was it was a green and regulation put the ball on the correct tier and I had no idea what was at stake, George. We were in separate carts, and and I hit my shot uh, after I shanked one into the woods and then dropped another. And so I was kind of fuming about that. And then we drove up, and all of a sudden I see this ball that's about 10 feet from the hole, and I'm like, my goodness, Ryan, great shot. He goes, yeah, this is for my first ever birdie. And then he sunk the 10-foot putt. So, Quite, quite an accomplishment. There's something about getting your first par. There's something about getting your first birdie. There's something about breaking 100 for the first time, breaking 90, breaking 80, all of those. And Ryan Music got to feel it yesterday.
5: And the the best part about time. it was it was the last hole of the day. So you just get to finish on such a high, just <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Because, you know, there's nothing worse than doing something like that and then, you know, hit one into the water or just totally tank the rest of the round. So finishing on that high note made it even better.
7: Yeah, cause usually I've never had that happen on the last hole where I just have just a, a fantastic finish that I can remember. That'll usually happen on like hole three, hole four, and you're just chasing it around for the, for the rest of the day. <laughs> and, and you have a couple of other blown opportunities that then, that then reek, that, that just reek and you can't get that stench off. And you're just like, can I please just get one more birdie? And then it'll hole out in the last one. And you're like, Okay, I uh I you know, I uh shot it early, dude. And uh and now here I am. So congratulations. It's always a good feeling. And I still chase like if I get a birdie, like a, a real birdie, not like, like Dan was saying, a mulligan birdie, I am excited, I am happy, just like it's the first one.
6: Yeah, there there was there was no uh there was no mulligan, no breakfast ball. Ryan, how nervous were you over that putt?
7: Uh,
5: I was definitely very nervous. Uh, you were kind enough. Uh, your ball had landed in a perfect line, about two feet behind mine. So you were like, "Look, I'll give you a great read here." I was like, "Okay, here we go." So it it certainly helped quite a bit to see exactly how uh, I my putt would line up and the best way to sort of attack it.
6: It was, uh, yeah.
5: It, okay. right,
7: right in the heart. So, so I have a question for you here. When, because I know that heart beating over a putt, where you're like, "Oh my gosh, I can get a birdie, I can get an eagle, I can get, I, I can score here." So now imagine that, which I know a lot of our li- listeners have felt when they're when they're playing with their friends, they're playing skins or what, whatever it is, and they're standing over the ball, heart gets the beating. Now imagine TV cameras all over oh, the place. Man. <laughs> And you're playing for the masters and this is the putt that is going to win you the green jacket a couple million bucks and cement you in history in golf.
5: Yeah, no, no, I don't think I'm quite made out for that. I think, I think just sitting there by myself with Dan Byer was more than enough pressure for me. Thanks.
6: I just didn't want him to leave it short. That was the only thing. And I did, but I didn't, I didn't even say anything because I didn't want to get in his head. I just let him do his thing, and, uh, and the putt was pure. Great job, Ryan. Congratulations. Thank you You very much, You can get Mr. Birdie on Twitter at Music Reports. Get George Reister, the six-year NFL vet, at George Reister, and I'm at Dan Beyer on Fox. Coming up next here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio, Deshaun Watson got paid. Is it Dak Prescott's turn?
3: Find out next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
1: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with You've put it off long enough. It's time
2: to replace your tires. Tire Rack has the tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporting handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of Pirelli tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you, or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com/sports to see the Pirelli test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. Be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires at a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com/sports. TireRack.com. the way tire buying should be.
6: He's George Reister. I'm Dan Byer. This is Fox Sports Radio. On this Labor Day, we are in for Doug. So glad that you're taking a, a part of your day to hang out with us, whether you're traveling or maybe just staying at home. Hope you're being safe out there. Uh, Doug not in today. Colin Cowherd was in, working on the herd on Fox Sports Radio and Fox Sports 1. We are about to hear from Colin in a segment we like to call...
3: And now... <laughs>
6: I want to let you know that today's Doug Gottlieb Show is brought to you by Home Depot. Home Depot is giving a call out to all you pros that are working hard every day. We've got delivery options to get what you need exactly where you need it so you can keep doing whatever it takes to get the job done. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. George Colin Cowherd weighed in on the contract extension signed by Deshaun Watson with the Texans this weekend and how that affects the other quarterback in that
0: state, Dak Prescott. What is really interesting about Dak and Deshaun Watson, let's take the last two years. So they've both had some years in the league. What is shocking is how similar they are. Deshaun's won a few more games. They both have 52 touchdowns and around 20 picks. They both complete about 66, 67% of their throws. And one's passer rating is 100 and another is 98.4. It's the same guy. There's a big difference though. Deshaun Watson's done that. Despite his surroundings, Dak has accomplished that because of his surroundings. This is why I never bought into all the Dallas reporters claiming that Dak was going to get big money.
6: (laughs) I, I don't agree with that. And I would also say that Deshaun Watson's had a couple of surgeries on his knee, something that Dak doesn't have. So it may be riskier for Houston to do that to give that money, especially after one of the main guys who some people think is the best wide receiver in the National Football League and not uh if not the best, then one of the top three uh, moving DeAndre Hopkins out of Houston. I, I I'm I side with I side with Dak on this. I I think that Dak's going to get paid. I I told you yesterday, George. I think that the Cowboys um, are going to end up paying a lot more from uh, for Dak than they they had bargained for, and I think this contract sets it up. But I think the comps are there. But I, I I'm not going to be I'm not going to hold any of that stuff against Dak. I actually think a lot of that stuff is for him getting that big deal.
7: I totally agree with you there. That he's ultimately going to get paid. But I think the biggest difference between the two is perception right because he because Colin just said that it's because of his surroundings and that's the perception especially when it comes to their draft prospects and their draft status adding into that so Deshaun Watson national champion beat Auburn uh First round draft pick. There's a lot more celebration and expectation surrounding that than Dak, who was a fourth round draft pick under the radar. People weren't sure he could throw the ball as well as he has been able to. And that kind of lasts. I mean, even look when players are cut. And their first round draft picks, they get opportunities significantly more. If you are a first round draft pick, you're almost guaranteed to get it's like 85% of them get at least six years in the NFL because they keep getting opportunities because people believe they're like, there's so much talent there. I can fix him. And as opposed to a guy like Dak, always oh, a fourth round draft, he needs so much around him to help him. It's perception even more than it is reality.
6: He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Get George on Twitter at George Reister. I'm at Dan Beyer on Fox. Coming up next, one commissioner of a Power 5 conference says COVID's not going anywhere and they're still going to play. We'll talk about it next.
3: Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A
1: redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait!
0: Did we just invent
1: California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
4: A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
3: Ah, <sighs> oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com.
2: No purchase necessary, by law, 18
3: plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for
2: details. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own.